My name's Maya Billick. We are hanging out on mornings and it is time to welcome your favourite film lords into the studio right here on FBI. Welcome to movies, movies, movies. Jen and Andre, welcome. Hey everyone. Jenny, I want to connect with our audience right now and ask uh, an audience-friendly question. Have you watched Safety Brothers' new music video for the One and Tricks Point Never track? Have I? Have you? Yeah, I have. The hook lady, so scary, on the ice. Okay, It's like what I wanted to happen during Little Women. I haven't seen it, so give me a video audio description of the video clip. Okay, I guess it's just like watching any Stephen King movie that was kind of bad in the 80s smashed together with like a bunch of glitch. Okay, why would I love that? Why is that kind of our aesthetic? <laughs> I mean, it's our aesthetic, but it's definitely like way broier and a lot more prosthetics than we can afford. When I heard about their collaboration, which obviously has happened before, I immediately thought, do you think that the Safety Brothers are getting paid for this? Or do you think they're doing it as a labour of love? I think they're definitely getting paid. I was talking to Kevin Clocker, who does the music supervision for like the music videos in... He did the Jay-Z one, and they like talk about having to shoot that in two days you know the one where there's the helicopter footage and the boy running through yeah Yeah, they said that was just like the most chaos but i'm sure they got we need to do we need to do an episode on the music videography of jay-z i mean is there a more iconic okay outside of missy elliott though oh my god sorry maya hey how you doing (laughs) (laughs) i'm good how are you two yeah absolutely fine we're excited because we have our first giveaway for listeners and supporters of fbi since coco went loco we're so excited to give a freebie to people who are listening. And mm-hmm. I also have a bit of an on-air apology to make, and it's to our listeners for the last two and a half, nearly three years that we've been on air. We've never done a show without movie news, and um, today's the day. <laughs> I'm no, sorry for putting you through it. But that's because, hang on, <laughs> I wanted to announce, I wanted to discuss slash announce uh, Billie Eilish's directorial feat, and you don't get excited for a Billie Eilish music video, so we have to scrap that I just that didn't news. care, I just don't think she's cutting edge. <sighs> Fair enough. I mean, that's true, but we don't talk about her because she's cutting edge. We, we talk about her because she... You did. The news was that she shot on an iPhone in an empty mall. I'm like, yeah, of course she has access to that. Literally, that's every child's dream, to shoot in a dead mall and to steal pretzels whilst being in a video clip. I can't believe that's not newsworthy for you. That's fine. Whatever. All right. So we're going to take two? Uh, I guess so, but should we spruce this giveaway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about the giveaway really, really quick? Is that okay? Listeners, yeah. text in. We wanted to ask you to give us what films you've been watching to escape this nightmare of a year. And when we say escape, we mean escape to a place. But tell them why. Like, why are we asking people to engage with the show? To win a double pass to the Sydney Film Festival Times State Theatre Collaboration Summer Season. The Sydney Film Festival is going to put on a collection of screenings at the State Theatre. And when I say at, I don't mean online via Zoom. I mean en personne, physically, in the seats of the State Theatre next January. And because of COVID... You're the only person in the theatre. Truly. It's just you. It was so hard to get these free passes because of body number, body counts and whatnot. So if you want to be a double pass winner to see any of the films except for the opening night, 
text in an escapist film that requires transportation to a new location. We're talking a movie about going away somewhere, about traveling. Maybe it's The Holiday with Cameron Diaz. Maybe, Maybe it's an it's... Oceans movie because you love luxury. Maybe it's something that's pastoral because you want to go to a farm. Like Badlands. Maybe it's some like horror backpacker movie like Hostel because you just miss backpacking. Or Maybe it's the Harry Potter series because you just want to go over and stay in a castle for a couple of months. Text in... If you're an FBI supporter, two, what's the number, Maya? 0409-945-945. But if you're not a supporter and you're thinking this is the time to join, just head to fbiradio.com slash donate and there'll be a link for you to sign up for as little as five or ten bucks. Mm. We're going to be taking the best answer. That's right. I know my answer is Rough Night for to ScarJo and Alana because I just want a girl's trip. Jen? <laughs> My house has famously been watching all of Lost for the entire pandemic Lost. and finished it before the pandemic even finished. That's an escapist travelogue film. Text in your escapist travelogue films while we do two takes. Well, let's jump into a quick song, a very right, short, fine. fast and sweet fine. one. And then from there, we are going to go into two takes. You know, keep the people... Waiting. Keep, keep the hype alive a little bit. This is OGM with On Me, featuring Carlito Hendrix and T. Kingston, and this is a language warning. Bitch, we looking for some big Gotta get a plane on the wristwatch. Honey bags don't need to get them big nuts. You ain't on my team, got some big ops. Whole team looking for some big guap. And you know we don't really wanna stop. Whole team looking for some big guap. And you know we don't really wanna stop. Lot of bands on me. Contraband on me. Counterfeiting how to stack up. Don't act dumb, get your mask on.
Patreon mornings. This is Movies, 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 and it is time for take two. Take two. Now, we have a very special and potentially contentious one. Shall we hear a little piece of the trailer first before we reveal... Vas-y, go for it. Frenchmen are flirts. Just act normal when you see him. But I'm not this person. I'm the girl who shows up, not the girl who makes bad decisions. You don't come to Paris to be good. Sexy. Oh, would you stop? I have some ideas about marketing Delora that I would like to share with you. Very sexy, no? Sexy or, or, or sexist? What is the problem? With all due respect, I have been sent here for a reason. Well, damn, can you guess what it may be? Uh-oh, uh-oh, Emily in Paris, <laughs> which I can't tell that we watched ironically or wholeheartedly and seriously. It really depends on your week. Truly. But Jen showed it to me because Jen thought it was kind of unhinged in this kind of uh, strangely trippy way, and I thought, okay, I'm going to believe you. But for those who don't know, Emily in Paris is about a social media manager who's as a character built from the offcuts of Kimmy Schmidt's style guide as like an algorithmic Netflix antagonist whose kind of unhinged ex- existence is as creepy as an Adult Swim parody of Food Network Hellscape. Don't you think it has like an, an Adult Swim, Eric Andre kind of weird cheesiness to it? Yeah, it's like the candy crush of TV. <laughs> Truly. And Emily works in social media, which is basically like the cops of advertising and is posted to Paris after her boss gets pregnant. Now, let me just say, if the boss had gone to Paris fully baby, the Netflix show would have been my autobiography, which is disappointing, but it's okay. And when she's in Paris, everyone looks down on Emily which we all relate to because Emily is literally the Michelle patisseries of career folk cakes. And that's it. That's pretty much it. Emily in Paris is just that. It's Alien versus Predator, but make it a targeted ad between Zara, Mango, Cottonot and HBO culture. And let me just say, in this war, if I had to pick a side, it would be Paris. Jen? Yeah, it's so interesting you've brought up something really important, which is the fact that the boss, the whole reason she's in Paris is that the boss gets pregnant. And it's like, we live in the era of Jacinda Ardern. Did this person read Laura Mulvey? Maybe once, because the second episode, Masculine Feminine, is about, Mm. like, is this sexist, is this not sexist? Of the naked woman walking down the street. It's like, is this as far as we're going to get? Literally. Also, I would have loved to have a mum in Paris, uh, just, you know, going through that and raising a child called Andre (laughs) in Paris. (laughs) That is watchable Netflix content for me. But instead we have Emily. And I only found out afterwards that it's supposed to be pronounced Emily in Paris. That's why it's called that. What? Well, that's how you can feel by just going down to Paris, Mm. as in Parramatta Gallery. Really? <laughs> What's the connection, Jenny? I don't know. I just want to... This film... This show is, like, super encouraging um, for people who want to get into jogging, I find, and that's kind of its sole purpose. Every show episode opens with jogging and, like, her run count, and then things that she wants to happen do happen. I can never tell if it's because I don't watch enough beige content, but when I do, I'm always like, wait, is this something that people actually enjoy? Are we supposed to watch this through the visor of hallucinatory whiteness? Because it's just so profoundly lame on a cultural and aesthetic level that I don't know if it's a piss take or something that people actually enjoy watching because they can relate to it. Am I just so removed from Emily in Paris culture or is it supposed to be weirdly a joke? I don't know. It's really fun to watch like up against the other Netflix show, The Crown, because it's like really weirdly dystopian. Like seeing this 
like absolute beigeness, which is the point of the show is that she's super basic and she opens her window and she's like, I feel like Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge. It's like, <laughs> but you don't look like it. Like, yeah. you, none of the style this of this, different. none of this is written. There's nothing, even like for people's opinions of Baz Luhrmann, like there's something there. You know what I mean? Like there's something to bash up against. But with this, it's just so easy to look away. Are you team Paris or team Emily? Which would you be? Which would I be? Oh, Team Paris, 100%, but I definitely relate to Emily. In that, like, Andre, wait till you get an office job. 100% people hate you. Mm, another thing I can't relate to. But the next show we also watched was Industry, which was another show that we didn't expect to watch, but I think we'll have a better conversation about enjoying it after we play The Sting. We'll play... Or a track first. We're going to go to a quick track. I don't get patience on radio. I'm sorry. I'm turbo. Let's talk about the event again, just to encourage people to text in. Oh, yeah. Please text in. We're giving away tickets to the Sydney Film Festival Summer Series, which is at the State Theatre. I I just got a a little message in my earpiece saying that you don't actually get to go and sit in the theatre on your own. There's going to be a few other people there, but it will be distanced at the beautiful Hollow State Theatre. Cute. And you're texting in... On... 0409-945-945 and you have to be an FBI supporter. You have to take you in your escapist travelogue film. Take us away through movies. Alright, well here we go. This is Charlie XCX and Christine and the Queens. We've gone. We just had to off the back of Emily in Paris. This one needs a language warning.
Christine and the Queens there with Gone going out to I'm gonna I'm just gonna dedicate it right here to Ella Beer, who is in need of a little bit of an a little extra pick me up. Um, shout out also to the person on the text line reflecting on our Emily in Paris review. Oh my god, I feel y'all, it's so credulously awful, but I love the bitchy Parisians here with you on that one. And on that note, we're gonna jump into are we going to jump into our next review or are we going to plug... I think we should plug what movies are being screened at this selection that we're giving a ticket away to because right. you guys don't even know what's happening. City Beach at the State Theatre. So the Sydney Film Festival has programmed a couple of films, a, a lot of Australian fanfare. We got Firestarter, the story of Bangara, which is the story of the Australian dance company that turned First Nation cultural powerhouse around the world. Uh, High Ground, which is... A Western with Simon Baker. Let's not say much about that. More importantly, Minari, which is a Sundance winner of this year about a Korean family, getting a lot of Oscar buzz there. And then Loki, another round, which is a Mads Mikkelsen comedy drama about being drunk. So, And Mads Mikkelsen is famously going to replace Johnny Depp in every single role he's ever played. Wait, are you being serious? Or? Well, apparently in Crime, the Grindelwald or whatever, he's going to do that. But imagine if they just like CGI'd all of Mads Mikkelsen onto every single Johnny Depp role. Wait, there you go. Fans of Hannibal, please text in, because if you want to catch any of those films, except for the opening night film, which is the Vanguard documentary, text in an escapist film that you've been watching to escape this pandemic. That's it. All right, let's jump into our next review here on Two Takes. This is a little bit of industry. How many of these have you had? Nine. Four New York, four here, and a Skype. It's a marginal game about marginal gains. People listening to you, is that how you get your validation? As opposed to, uh... I play third fiddle to two figures in my life. Jesus Christ and Margaret Thatcher. And where do you stand on them? One's the reason we're all here, and the other's a carpenter. Well, my gosh. All right. <laughs> Jen, take it away. Oh, Jay, I'm so surprised as someone who hates Mad Men, you like the dialogue in here. So I'm just going to open with that. Shut up. That's not true. There's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Um, and I have just spent the morning watching Julian Anderson watching, playing Margaret Thatcher, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, 
oh my god, I've, ha- I've managed to suddenly watch so much TV this week because I've been yeah. stressed. Like, I haven't watched anything all year, but because we've been busy finally... Anyway, whatever. TV nerd. Um, and because you refuse to watch We Are Who We Are by... Because you think that Luca Guadagnino is the Kylie Minogue of cinema, like, safe, <laughs> relentless, and pacifying. Uh, instead, we're talking about potentially the most polarising auteur imaginable. Um... And I guess another show, like We Are Who We Are, that's built around a Spotify playlist marketing strategy by HBO, Industry, which is a London banking drama centering on a black Californian taking her way, making her way to the top of a glassy, stressed-out building where Red Bull is a self-murder weapon and the motive is font choice. From girls to camping to industry... Lena, Lena Dunham has ditched Jenny Connor and any semblance of mumblecore <laughs> to make the thorny Soderbergh nightmare comedy of her dreams. So many shows this year are like, I guess, assumingly made pre-pandemic, deal with the horror and rewards of working overseas, i.e. Emily in Paris, Chloe Sevigny and We Are Who We Are. Um, but perhaps the like punk new school collaboration of Jenny Connor and Lena Dunham was like, too full of compromise and niceness, niceness that resulted in camping, something that the original Julia Davis show was so dark and creepy, and you can see, you know, why Lena was drawn to it, but I'm finding her in this post-awkward comedy phase really, really enjoying, enjoyable and on point, and it's like Agnes Varda, who famously picks out Tiny Furniture to watch from the Criterion Collection, famously said the key to her career was making a debut film that was hard to watch and that no one liked. And in my opinion, that's season two of Girls for me, which is the best. And industry shows an artist who doesn't care about making friends or content for people who like the show Friends. Literally, literally, literally. I think the through line with everything we've spoken about today is making mean content. And I think that's what really grabs us. Because, uh, not going to lie, Jada Patel has never made a mean movie. And I think that's where industry flourishes, in that it's mean people in a mean business. I guess the difference between Emily in Paris and industry is that the main character isn't likeable. And I feel like that's why we don't like the wow. main character in Emily in Paris. First time that's ever happened. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, in industry, it's like, everyone's from Paris. Mm, literally. Step aside, Tony Soprano. We have better unlikable characters. And I think also, going back to uh, Americans moving overseas to make content, I'm seeing a lot of American indie, I don't want to say colonising, but kind of bringing their, you know their language overseas <laughs> and kind of forcing I. people just to Britain i.e. I don't like <laughs> Americans British com- and I don't like British UK, I don't like saying? British comedy or French comedy so it's nice to see some Americans you taking love Joan and Jerrica come on or are you just being nice to me I'm just being nice to you but I am on the same wavelength with you for industry it's brutal cutting kind of dark it makes more sense than new Soderbergh as well like sometimes I just get Mm. absolutely lost in the dialogue have you seen the new trailer for his new film with Diane Weiss and Meryl Streep the one on the cruise ship the one on the cruise ship we're losing our audience here Jen okay sorry we can get them back who's the twink that stars in it I don't know. Janelle Monet? No, the one who's in the Julia Roberts movie that was famously no one saw. Janelle Monet. Oh, um, not Tim, the other one. I want to say Liam. Where's Jared Richards when you need him? Literally, Jared Richards stars in the new Soderbergh movie on a cruise ship. Is anyone still listening? (laughs) (laughs) Highly recommend both shows, Industry and Emily in Paris, uh, for some... I mean, I'm just going to say it. Pomo. Scary-mo. Pomo? Scary-mo. Postmodern scary-mo? Yeah. Uh... What's uh, the scary mo? What's the mo at the end of scary? Scary moments. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about scary, like, Sydney gays with their fake moustaches. 
tangents galore today, you guys. Uh, I know, but that's one line... thing that industry doesn't have is tangents. That's one thing that all Emily is is a tangent. Oh, also right. Also, the cinematography in industry. I never, I've never seen a finance floor being shot so crisply, but also so poetically. There. I said it. You're leaving me hanging, guys. No, Andre no. always with the last word, I think. Okay, Jen. Text in if you want to see some real movies, not TV shows, because we have a double pass giveaway to the State Theatre to go see a movie of your choice next January as part of the Sydney Film Festival summer season. 0409-945-945 is the number. You do have to be an FBI Radio supporter. If you're not, just head to fbiradio.com slash donate. And on that, we are going to jump into a little bit of The Blossom. Stick around. We're going to draw the winner right after this next track. It's called Still With You.
Spotlight. All right, now, Jen, Andre, you've been plugging this special giveaway all morning, I want to say. Can we just uh, recap what the prize is? Mm-hmm. Sydney Film Festival tickets to a state theatre screening. They're doing like a weekend of film screenings in person at the venue. We've got High Ground, Simon Baker, Western. Stop leading with that one. I'm sorry. Stop leading with that one. Okay, I'll lead with the good ones. Minari, <laughs> Sundance, major prize winning film that's getting Oscar buzz. If I say Sundance, you say yes, please. Another Round, a Mads Mikkelsen comedy drama about drunkenness. And then the three Australian films I'm not going to name because he watches Australian cinema. But you can go see these films if you text in. Well, if you texted in. Texted in. Because we're now announcing. The winner. That's right. Of a double pass to the State Theatre. But before we do, can I just quickly read about someone who also went to an IRL cinema screening? Brave. Um, they tried to go to Warrywood in the Northern Beaches, which is, you know, the most insane, insane Cracktown cinema, my favourite, it's amazing, um, to watch Kajillionaire. And apparently the sessions only lasted for one week at 4.15. That's Ooh. how little faith they had in it. And what I want to ask is, what were the alternatives? What was the programming committee thinking when they were like, you know what's going to go off at 4.15? Kajillionaire. <laughs> but also, like, earlier in the year, I was like, oh my god, there's going to be so much space for independent cinema. None of these Marvel movies are coming out. None of these tent poles are happening. Movies like Kajillionaire are going to pop off if they're programmed right. No, we're just going to watch cult classics of, like, Ghostbusters 3 for the rest of our lives. So... God, Kajillionaire already feels like a cult classic. It feels like it's just a huge blast from the past. And on that note, we are very excited to announce... I think you have to do it. Excuse this little light buzz, but um, huge shout out to William and Young on Wiradjuri land, who is the winner of this double pass, who texted in Terry Gilliam films, 12 Monkeys, The Adventures of Baron, The Kingfisher, and Ridley Scott's Legend from SBS On Demand. William, we are going to be in touch with you shortly. But congratulations. Yes, Let's get a little round of applause. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, I would have also accepted uh, that Heath Ledger movie by Terry Gilliam, Dr. Parnassus. It's a shame that that wasn't in the list. But uh, either way, enjoy this double pass. Please go to the State Theatre. Take pickies. Send them to us. Uh, we are very jealous. As you all know, the State Theatre is my favourite venue. It's where I'm going to get married. Does Dr. Parnassus have two dead, technically, actors in it now? Johnny Depp and Heath Ledger. Yeah, I guess so. They have to replace another actor from that movie. Uh oh. We'll see you next week, you guys. And on that, it's a wrap for movies, movies, movies. You can listen back wherever you get your podcast from. Just look up FBI Radio and movies, movies, movies. We'll be there. Here's a little bit of Sydney music for you. One eight hundred Mikey with Daydreamer. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.